ever wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. interesting how people who have several births often make adjustments and learn lessons along the way that change where and how they give birth. My guest today gave birth to twins in a hospital, then her next baby at a birth center, and her most recent baby was born at home. It's an amazing journey. I know you're going to enjoy it as much as I am. Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. My guest today is Amy Greenfield. She's a five times Ironman, former classroom teacher, doula and birth photographer, and she always dreamed of being a mom. And she has says having babies is a dream come true. Welcome, Amy. I'm so honored to have you join us today. And I know that everyone's as curious as I am to hear an overview of your births and all your lessons learned. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm happy to share. So my journey into motherhood started with two missed miscarriages back to back. And I was worried at the time that I may not be able to have my own children, which looking back, I feel silly. I felt that way, but pregnancy loss is really difficult. And luckily, yeah, I know how much worse it can be. So when I look back, I, I know it was not as bad. I know other people struggle a lot more than I did, but I conceived my twins and they were, it was a total surprise. There's twins don't run in my family. I did nothing to I just took care of myself after I had my miscarriages. I just focused on me and took care of being healthy and rebalancing my body after doing so much physical activity, doing Ironmans. So it was a total surprise. I'd gone in for an early ultrasound just to see a heartbeat because I hadn't seen one yet. And there were two. (laughs) So at the time I was with Kaiser and I just, I just followed the protocols and just went through my pregnancy and I was a healthy twin pregnancy. And then at the end, I think it was on spring break, I was still teaching. Um, and I met a midwife at, at Michael's and I met a midwife and she kind of planted the seed of maybe just looking into different options, but it was pretty late in my pregnancy. I think I was 36 weeks pregnant with my twins at the at that time and so I was like well it's too late to look into this but um I kind of wish I had looked into it but I wouldn't knowing what I know now but so I had a, a hospital birth and I was induced at 38 weeks and it wasn't a bad labor it was fine it just happened but I think I would have ended up in surgery if I hadn't known I did enough work during my pregnancy to avoid ending up in unnecessary c-section because I did stall. I was induced, had the epidural, stalled, and yeah, had broken baby A's water. And 
gave, so gave me a time limit of when they should come out. And I stalled for quite a while. And then my OB came in and said, if you don't progress in the next hour, we'll have to do a C-section. And I gave her the dirtiest looks because she had tried to convince me to get a C-section when I was 28 weeks pregnant. And I was like, no, my babies are head down. I'm good. Like, I'm going to try to do this. And I gave her a dirty look because she knew that everything that had happened was just against my birth plan, which had just not been followed at all. And she's, okay, we'll up the Pitocin and we'll see how it goes. And they upped the Pitocin. And an hour later, I was fully dilated and ready to push. So they wheeled me into the OR as they do in the hospital. I pushed, tried pushing, but it was hard feeling the contractions because of the epidural. And I was, I don't know how long I was pushing for, but I think it was shortly after midnight. No, they were, no, my boys were born shortly after midnight. I think it was like 11 o'clock when I finally went to the OR. So I was pushing and it was hard and it was slow progress. And she left. Suddenly she had to leave to go next door to do an emergency C-section. And they said, okay, we're just going to let you labor down. By that point, I, I had been in the labor induction process for over like almost 24 hours. So I was pretty tired. So I was like, I'll just rest because I don't know how I'm going to do this. How I'm going to push out a second baby after I push this one out, the first one out. I just rested and they let me labor down. And then she came back and I tried to push again. And she was like, can I do an, ep- an episiotomy? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she just did it. And then after that, he was out pretty quickly. But my husband describes him as being blue and limp. He had the cord around his neck. But he was fine. Like nothing. He was fine. He was our score was a little low at the one minute, but five minute mark was perfectly normal. He was fine. And then the second baby, they just did a quick ultrasound to make sure he was head down and that his exit was pretty smooth. So that was my first experience birthing. And I just, after, you know, after I had my twins, I knew I wanted another, I knew I wanted another baby. And my twins were wonderful. They were great babies. I loved baby mom. I had a little bit of baby blues because I wasn't ready to have them. I was, I think my intuition knew that they weren't quite ready to come out. And I just didn't, I was like, I, I wish I had known more and been able to advocate for myself more at the time that I, I could have just refused, said, no, I don't want to be induced. It's okay. We can still wait. They seem fine. I'm fine. But I didn't, wasn't as prepared as I ended up being for this last this last baby. And, it, and that's fine. It's fine that it, you don't know that. And I think that's one of my, I may be getting ahead a little bit, but it's one of my passions. I, I would love to have first-time moms go into birth feeling empowered and knowing it all. And I think that's so important. And I feel like that's my job as a doula is to make sure moms just know everything. They, they go in feeling like they are the most knowledgeable person in the room because that's how it should be. So I got pregnant again. A couple of years later, after I had my twins, and I knew I, I just knew I could have better. I just knew it could be better. And so I did seek out. I started with whatever my insurance was covering, and it was a midwife in like the medical industrial complex. And I would have, if I had stayed with that route, I probably would have been in the hospital again. But I seeked out a midwife that had a birth center, and I that's the route I took. I just decided to go out of hospital, which was very different for my family and 
<laughs> I have my elder sister is an ER doctor, so she sees the worst that can happen. And so there's just a lot of some, it was just made some of my family nervous, but I did it anyways. And it was an amazing birth. I would, I just, I found my power. I was a little bit worried that I wouldn't go into labor just because I know it's silly, but it just, I had that worry that, oh, what if I just don't go into labor? I was induced the first time. I don't know. I don't know how long I would have gone with my twins. <laughs> I don't know if my body can do this, but I've turned out, I have 41 weeks. Labor started and it was fast and furious yes. and powerful and empowering. And it was amazing. And I was hooked. I was like, I need to have another baby. I need to experience this again. It's amazing. You probably can't imagine that. And I know I've seen people say, find the women who love having babies. Like that's right. I'm one of those. So I will, I will talk about how amazing it is. And I'm probably a little bit, I don't know. I like to push myself. I like challenges. But uh, I just I think that's probably why I like birth breathing so much. There's such oh. a physical feat. It's I, I ride on that high of just having accomplished such a huge physical accomplishment. And you don't have fear, it sounds like. I think for so many people, if there's fear, then birth can be overwhelming. But when you trust your body, your baby, and you create the space, sounds like which you did, especially the second time, and now we'll get to the third, right? That you can safely do the hard work in a way that's powerful, which sounds beautiful. Can you just tell us like about how long was your second labor? I think it started shortly after midnight and she was born at nine in the morning, like nine, 9.40 in the morning, 9.49. Okay, so 10 hours. I think I was in active labor. I, I determined I was in active labor at six in the morning. So it was fast. It was pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had another, I had five. So I had another baby at the same birth center, same midwife in 2020. So during the pandemic, and it was a little bit different. I was, I don't know why with her, I was a little, with this baby. I was a little more nervous at the end. Like I just, I think it was probably, there was a little bit more fear in that one. And so I ended up doing with my second birth, I don't think I really did any sort of like induction methods or natural induction methods. I didn't do any, I, I don't think I pushed for it. I was, I was anxious and I didn't know the gender too. So it was like, I was like, anxious to meet who this little baby was and know what it, know if it was a she or a he. And I was just excited to meet them and anxious. And I didn't really do anything to push it. But with my fourth, I, I think I ended up, I took castor oil the smoothie and I regret it. I regret that I did that. I think I should have given her another night. And when I look back, I got really obsessed with when I got pregnant with this little one. I got really obsessed with the moon and the moon phases. Um, and I looked up when I was born, what moon phase I was born in, and then where all of their due dates fell. And so it was my third birth, fourth baby. She was due around the full moon. And so I wish I had given her another night because I was so on edge. I, she probably would have come that night anyways when I took the smoothie. So I regret pushing her in that way. So that was like one of my biggest work mentally for this, my last pregnancy was to get rid of all fear and really do the prep to stay patient. I'm not the most patient person. So I definitely gave into impatience. 
but really just to get rid of all fear and just trust, trust my body, trust in my baby. And I think I already had a lot of that with the others, but there were still unworked fears that I didn't take the time to really go through during the pregnancies. And I signed up for the Naked Doula course and that really helped me prepare mentally. And so it was interesting because with my other birth or my other pregnancies, I had a lot of Braxton Hicks contractions like throughout pregnancy. And they started pretty early with the twins. It started early because I had twins and my body was like, yeah, there's a lot going on in there. And then with both my other singletons, they were, I, I still experienced a lot of Braxton Hicks, but with this last one, I didn't experience any, hardly any. It was very calm. And I think it's because I was more in tune with pushing out fears. I did more of the mental work that I should have done earlier on in my journey, but sometimes it takes time to learn the lessons you need to learn. And I think that my sister always said, my sister's a physical therapist, and she always said that for Iron Man's, it's 90% mental, 10% physical. I think it's very similar with birth, but a lot of it, the work is mental. And it's really hard. It's hard to do that mental work, especially at a time when you're so vulnerable. Yeah. Great point. And I always say as a doula trainer, I always say that I think 80 in birth, I think 80% is emotional fears. Do we feel safe? What's going through our mind? And 20% is baby's position or other physical things that we can mold. But yeah, there's so much. I'm so glad you're saying that. And for everyone listening, right? Whether it's baby one, two, three, four, or five, right? We always have to do that check in and what's going through our mind and how can we clear the space to be able to open fully to birth. So take us through your little one, baby five, who's with you and we're getting to hear all those sweet sounds. Yeah. How did labor begin and where did you give birth and how was that different? Yeah, so I planned a home birth from the start with her, same midwife. And it was end of, I'm in California, Southern California. And it was the end of, August, early September, and we had a heat wave and I was 40 plus weeks pregnant. So I, and I was very, it was very recent to my 2020 birth because it was the same time of year, same sort of weather. And I, I described myself as freaking out a little bit at the end of my fourth baby's pregnancy. And with this one, I was determined not to be that big. And just calm and just keep those fears that day. And I, I think I was pretty successful um, and also stay patient, which is not my best quality. Patience is hard for me, but I made it. I made it through the week. I, every day I just let it, I just went through each day and I could feel. And again, so I got obsessed with this full moon idea. And I was like, when I saw her due date, she was due. August 31st, but she was actually born on September 9th. And the full moon was September 9th, September 10th, that, that night. And I knew I was going to go over. There was no way I was going to be early. I just knew from my the two previous pregnancies, I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to go for at least 41 weeks. I also, I'm half French. 
And a lot of my friends in France, I think the European due dates are, are 41 weeks, not 40 weeks. So I just, in my mind, I put that, I was like, okay, that's this date, but I'm going to say my due date, like September 7th, which is right around the full moon. So I wouldn't be surprised if she comes September 9th, September 10th. And my godmother, I texted my godmother and I was like, wouldn't it be nice if you she's planning a visit around this time? She lives in Paris. I was like, wouldn't it be nice if you could be here for the birth? <laughs> and she was like, I was thinking exactly that. And then she gave me her ticket date when she finally caught them. And, and she was like, oh yeah, I'm leaving on the night. And I was like, no, you should probably change this. You should probably change it. I'll probably still be pregnant. <laughs> and she ended up leaving the morning of the night. And she was born that evening. So she did miss it, which was I was a little bit sad that she missed it, but it just wasn't meant to be. And that's okay. But I, yeah, so I tried my best to be patient. And I, yeah, I went into labor on Friday and I did, I did let my patients get to me a little bit. I did let my midwife do a sweep. And I don't know why I always regret doing something because I know that they come when they come. But maybe sometimes you just have to do something just for your own sanity and just to feel better. And so I sometimes I wish I would have been just a tad more patient, but it was fine. It was fine. It didn't really help. It didn't do anything. She came two days later. So, <laughs> but yeah, once labor started, I actually didn't believe I was in labor because she was OP, started labor OP. And so it was inconsistent the whole week. I could feel some contractions here and there, very sporadic in the evening, but not very many, but they were strong. And then, and then it yeah. would just not go in and it would just not become anything. And so I was like, uh, nothing's, I don't know. And so when I actually started labor, I think it was midday on Friday, I was home and my mom was there and I was like starting to get a pattern of contraction. I had a little bit of back labor, which I'd never experienced before. All my babies usually started facing back the right way. So I'd never experienced back labor. So the radiating pain in the back was different. <laughs> but it didn't scare me. I knew what it was. And I tried. I had to talk to a friend of mine who's also a doula. And she was saying she did the tummy tuck during contractions. And that really helped. So I did that. I would get feel the contraction coming on. And I would just stand against the wall. and lift up my tummy while my belly while I was contracting and I just went through the contractions and my mom didn't tell me at the time but she was like yeah I was watching you and I was like yeah she's in labor but she didn't want to get in my space like she didn't want to impose and but she looked at me and she's like yeah this things are starting to happen <laughs> she just knew she had four I'm three of four so she had a I guess orgasmic, but I would say she had an orgasmic, peaceful birth with her, with my little sister. She described, it was in hospital in France, but she was alone. I think essentially they went to get the doctor and by the time the doctor got back, my sister was born and she describes her as being so calm and she just knew what was happening she, and she was calm. So oh, hypnobirthing, I feel like she hypnobirthed without knowing that hypnobirthing was a thing, but she like she did this just naturally my mom just knew but she we're dancers and so we're very I think aware physically of what's going on in our body which is very helpful in birth yes but so I find my mom yeah I was 
thinking I was probably going to have a similar experience to my mom. And I did. I knew I was a lot more aware of every single step versus it being a blur. I can remember, I can recall every step of the labor versus things being blurred together. So experience definitely helped. Having experienced it helps a lot, I think, to go through it more smoothly. But I feel like it's not impossible to experience it that way the first time. It shouldn't be. It should be very attainable. So anyways, so I, yeah, I went into labor around noon-ish is when things started picking up. And then every time I would lay down, it would stop. So I think it was my body's way of helping me rest. It was still pretty hot. And then around 5 p.m., I went into my pool. I have a little swimming pool, a little lap pool. It's very hot. And so, like, I need to cool off. And so, I went to my pool. And I was like, we'll see if, like, right before I got in my pool, I got a big contraction. And my boys were going out to dinner with my mom. And I was like, just hold on. Before you say bye, I need to get through this one. <laughs> so, I got, they went through the contraction. And I was still in disbelief. I was like, I don't know if this is actually labor like it might be but I'm not sure I just didn't believe it was actually happening finally and then I got in the pool and walked laps and I realized that they just kept coming and I was like I'll see what time it is when I get out of the pool I didn't have a clock on me or anything I wasn't timing I was just going through them and I'll say I'm like I'll see what time it is and I'm just counting how many I had and when I got out of the pool I was like yeah okay I think this is Active labor has started. I think we're in it now. And so I took a shower. I hadn't called my midwife. I hadn't called my doula. I hadn't called anyone to come yet because I still was figuring out whether this was actually happening. And I got out, I showered and just noticed that they kept coming. And then I went to make dinner for my girls. I still had my two little girls at home. So making mac and cheese and then asked my husband going too slow in my opinion and I was like hurry up I need it all I wanted was to get dinner served so I could put the girls to bed because obviously I was in labor and I just needed to just be in labor I needed to not be making dinner <laughs> but it was funny I was like you're going too slow <laughs> so after she was born he's like I forgive you for yelling at me I was like yeah I know sorry <laughs> but I was in labor <laughs> so I yelled at you it was pretty funny. And then I finally, so finally after that, he's like, did you call the midwife? <laughs> you called her already. So finally I texted my mom, my midwife, my doula. And I was like, I think I'm in labor. And then I laid down again and my contractions would stop every time I laid down. And so I laid down and they slowed down, they stopped. And I was like, oh no, was I really? What is going on? So, but as soon as I got up and they arrived, I had contractions kept circus kept coming so and I think they arrived around let's say 6 30 or 7 p.m or after 7 p.m and then we just moved to my bedroom I agreed to do a cervical check because I was a little confused at what was happening and I was seven centimeters entering, trans, entering transition and my midwife was said, said that she was coming in a little sideways which made sense and she was rotating probably as contractions were coming and she was like well you could lunge through contractions or you can lay down on your left side with your knee up and I was like I'm gonna lay down because that sounds a lot nicer than lunging because <laughs> with my fourth baby I went for a walk my labor kind of stalled and I 
got up and went for a walk outside with my doula and my husband. And she made me, the contractions came on as soon as I started walking and she made me lunge <laughs> during contractions. So I was like, I don't want to do that again. And that once I, it wasn't very nice. So I just laid on my bed knees up and I, I think I laid on one side and then I turned around and I think it was around I think I may have been on my bed for about half an hour my my two-year-old came and gave me hugs and I went I, I, and then I was like I need to go to the bathroom I feel like I need to go to the bathroom <laughs> so I went and sat on my toilet <laughs> and labored on my toilet and that was very effective and I started getting grunty and a little pushy and then they started feeling the birth well, I was hoping I was going to do a water birth again, which I did do with my baby. And it was, but I knew I was like, I knew I was pushing. I could tell it was happening. And so I, but it was so hot still because it was the heat wave and it was the end of the heat wave. And my bathroom gets super hot when it's hot in this house. And so I was like, I would just have, her, I considered having her on my toilet. I was like, I would just stay here and have her here, but it's so I got up and I was like, let's try the tub. So I got up and I took off my nightgown because I thought I was getting in the tub. I was like, I might as well just take off my nightgown. And I looked, I took one look at the birth pool and it was barely filled. And I was like, nope, I don't want to be on my hands and knees on my bed. <laughs> so I just got on my bed, on my hands and knees. And I think about, I know I went through the pushing phase and I really tried to keep my voice low. That was another thing. I really was trying to keep my jaw relaxed and my voice low because I was trying to avoid tearing, which I know is not the end of the world. I tore on my episiotomy line in my two previous births and it was, it was fine. It wasn't bad. But I was like, if I can avoid, that'd be great. So I was really trying to keep my voice low and keep my jaw relaxed. And it was hard. It was hard to do that. And I would I have a video and I would I scream and then I'm like, no, low. And you can hear my voice go from screech screaming to low. Like I'm really working through it. And I finally, I pushed maybe, I don't know, a handful of times. And then her head came out and it, I, and I was like, I did it. Like I could, I knew if she came out and I didn't tear like I had it before. Like I knew I had been able, I achieved it. I was oh like, I always need to do it. Like to slow down that phase instead of just being like, I want her out and just push her out with all my might and grip my teeth. I like let the tissues stretch and she, her head came out and I was like, I did it. And then the rest of her body came out. My husband passed her to me. And then I was in the postpartum bliss holding my baby. And it was amazing. And it was 8.30 PM. So Pretty fast too, once it got going. But yeah, yeah, it was wow. amazing. Yeah, truly. And for me, that's an orgasmic birth, right? In your way, yeah. in your power, yeah. in your yeah. trust. Yeah, for sure. I definitely oh, think it was, it was amazing. I think it's like right after I was like, never again. And then I could do it again if I had to. <laughs> I would do it again if I had to. Uh, but yeah, just having that feeling of just so much power, so much empowerment. And everybody deserves, every birthing person deserves that feeling. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with birth. And for those that are listening to you wrote it so beautifully. If you want to read more, you can go to orgasmicbirth.com forward slash powerful home birth to read Amy's birth story too and see some beautiful pictures 
of you and your family in that birth. For those that are listening that are pregnant right now, especially if it's their first baby, what would be, and I know there's a million tips, but what would be one thing you want to say to them in preparing for their birth? I think that you should prepare your mind with the mindset that you will be doing it alone, that you will be unassisted. I think if everybody goes into it that with that mindset, then you educate yourself. There's a lot of education available out there and I can recommend some that I've been using just to educate myself as a doula even. I didn't even do it during the last pregnancy, but that's where I would point others to really go into it feeling like you are the number one person who has all the knowledge on your baby and your pregnancy because you do you are the expert and we are made to feel like we're not the expert but we are so to educate yourself so much that you just know what's going on you know what to expect obviously there's you have to be open to deviations but you can prepare yourself and have an idea of what to somewhat what to expect beautiful wisdom I wish everyone, I often think, took a doula workshop because it's really preparation. Like that knowledge should be in high schools, right? If everyone had that knowledge, we would really change the way everyone feels about birth. But you certainly inspired me. You've inspired everyone that's listening. And for everyone listening, please share. We love for you to write comments definitely give us what you're taking away from Amy's story. And we always love to hear from you. If you have a powerful, beautiful, blissful, orgasmic birth to share too. So thank you so much, Amy, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate (laughs) you. You're really inspiring us all. And to everyone listening, thank you for following us. We hope that you'll hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode of the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. And we look forward to having you join us next time. Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe. Subscribe.